He seldom wore a hat, despite his lack of hair. Hats were hot and bothersome. He reckoned he could tell how busy the Romsey Arms was by the time he reached the baker's shop on the junction of Love Lane and Market Street. If he could hear voices, it was busy. If he could see drinkers overflowing outside the inn, it was very busy. But if he could see or hear nothing, he might have only himself for company. That would be disappointing. He much preferred gossip and banter, and he liked being the source of news. An educated man, a writer and bookseller, he was expected to know everything before anyone else. As he approached the bakery, he knew it would be gossip and banter, and on turning into Marketplace, he guessed it might be rather more. At least a dozen men outside the inn had, by the sound of them, been there quite some time. Their coats were a hotchpotch of colours, but they all wore broad-brimmed feathered hats and tall riding boots. Each man had a bandolier over one shoulder, a sword at his waist, and a wooden tankard in his hand. A stack of short-barrelled calivers leaned against the inn wall. They were royalist dragoons, boisterous, celebrating dragoons. Thomas quickened his pace. This would be news. Terms for peace agreed, perhaps, and an end to the war at last. He all but ran the last few yards. "'Well now, gentlemen,' called out a tall, blue-coated dragoon when he saw Thomas. "'Who have we here?' Thomas had noted the black-and-white feathers and red band round the man's hat and had immediately marked him as their leader. "'Doesn't look like the enemy mores the pity. Not much taller than my wife.' A bit on the skinny side and short of hair. Clean-shaven, clean shirt, clean boots. But you can never tell. Be on your guard, men. Who are you, sir? And have you the money to quench our thirst? If not, be on your way. We're hot and dry. He might have spoken in jest, or he might not. Thomas decided to risk it. My name is Thomas Hill, sir. I have a bookshop in this town. Alas, I don't have enough in my pocket to buy ale for all of you, unless you will settle for but a sip each. Perhaps if you pool your resources, however, you might have enough to buy me a glass of claret. The landlord here keeps a good cellar. The tall dragoon stared hard at Thomas, then laughed loudly. Good man, Master Hill! A glass of claret it shall be! A bookshop, eh? And what... "'Improving work would you recommend for a humble soldier of the king?' "'A difficult question, sir, as I know nothing of your tastes, "'and I would not want to cause offence,' replied Thomas, taking the measure of his man. "'I read that in London all manner of books are joining the king's book of sports on the fire, "'and it's much the same in Oxford. "'So nothing religious or political. "'Let me think.' Not classical, I fancy, or poetic? Henry V, perhaps, or Julius Caesar, warriors both, or philosophy, or something more practical, a worthy volume on horsemanship or husbandry. He paused as if in thought. No. Philosophy it is. De Montaigne, my favourite philosopher of all. Oh? Doesn't sound English. He was French, sir, just as this claret is, said Thomas, taking a glass from an outstretched hand and raising it to the dragoon.
your excellent health. And yours, Master Hill. <laughs> we'll talk of philosophers later. Let me first introduce myself. I am Robert Brooke, captain of this troop of drunks whom I'm instructed to take to join Lord Goring. It seems his lordship is in need of our assistance, though by all accounts he needs little assistance in the matter of refreshment. George Goring had changed his allegiance from Parliament to the Crown the previous year, and Thomas knew of his reputation as a drunkard. He offered a small bow. Captain Brooke, an honour. And what news do you bring? An end to the war, or is that too much to hope for? Indeed it is. There can be no peace while Fairfax and Essex are at large, or any of their henchmen, and that's an end to it. Alas, replied Thomas.